What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the FN Story. I am joined alongside one of the greatest Fortnite players of all time and uh, an awesome dude. Excited to talk to you. How you doing, Queasy? I'm doing good. How about you, man? I'm good. Just making some pizza, getting ready for my Friday. It's kind of my routine is to, to make some pizza dough in the morning and then get my day started. So this is a good good way to start it. Um, So I would love to talk to you about like outside of Fortnite first, then we can kind of dive in Fortnite. Um, you've kind of created this whole other Twitter account and start focusing yeah. on your like personal fitness and being active. Like what drove that? Is there someone or something that kind of like created that aha moment for you or you just start doing it? So, well, my IRL, like, um, there's like a lot of the gym stuff for like the past two years, three years. And then, like, I started going with him, and I actually liked it, like, a lot. Like, it was, like, something, like, I get very excited to go now. Uh, and then, like, slowly I saw progress and more progress, and I was, like, I, it, that drove me to do more and more and more. So, yeah, I think, I think it's, like, a good thing to do, first of all, for health, and then second of all for, I think it does help my performance a little bit, but then again... I don't like go gym on Fortnite on tournament days and stuff. Well, today I did, but <laughs> like on major on major events, you know. But I think I think it's just good. Like helps me mentally and everything else. Yeah. So why do you say that it helps your performance? Because there's been studies with League of Legends players that like long term they perform better when they're physically active. But just like anecdotally, why do you think that? Well, right before I started going to the gym, like I had very severe like wrist problems. And then I went to like HP for gamers and I did some exercises there and that helped me. And then when I started going to gym, like it all kind of went away. But now I can like play for a long time without getting like any wrist problems and stuff. Interesting. So just like the... The physical activity makes your body stronger, which then allows you to game for longer without injury. Yeah. And it's also like it fixed my schedule pretty good because I'm up at like 12 to 1 p.m. every day, which before it was like I'd sleep in until like 4 p.m. <laughs> yeah, that's not good for you. You should be waking up and going to sleep with the sun. Although Fortnite tournaments sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, especially when you guys are playing North American scheduled tournaments. I mean, like 4 a.m. Yeah, my duo has been going to bed at uh, 10 a.m. for the past four days. So, uh oh, yeah, you got to lock <laughs> in. You got three weeks until uh, COVID yeah. hits. So it'll probably be at night, but you guys will definitely be doing some other stuff like media content, I would imagine. Yeah. Um. Now you've kind of been like a top level Fortnite player for about three years. Has anything else like changed in your life besides simply just working out? Like what is the kind of past three years outside of the game look like for you as you've continued to be at the top? Well, like I've tried doing a lot of other stuff, but like the time time management is not the best. Like I'm still trying to focus on Fortnite mainly at least for like another year, I think. And then I'd, I'd like see what I'm going to do. Cause I have some ideas, but I don't know exactly what I want to do. Maybe if another game comes on, I'll play that or go into music or some stuff like that. But like, like this season, I've been trying to like go out more with friends and just like live a normal life. But then again, 
majors coming up now so i'm trying to prepare for that and like the, the past like two weeks i've basically like only played fortnite uh but other than that it's basically just gym chilling with friends and playing the game and then and that's about it to be honest okay but you, you've also seemed to create some stuff around you like you have a pretty successful youtube channel whenever you do decide to throw on yeah. your stream you seem to get a good amount of viewers yeah. um and you've also created a course along with Miro and Arab, I believe. Um, yeah. So, like, is that because of just having the right people around you where you took on that initiative and brought people along? Like, how does all that happen? Because I see so many Fortnite players say they don't have time to do stuff. And then you're doing this, you're working out, you're being one of the top players in the game. So it's like not even able to be argued that you can't do both. Like, how do you achieve all of that? So, I try, like, I kind of sacrifice streaming. I still try to stream, but, like, it's very rarely. And now I think I'm more so focused on also going to the Balkan route, to, like, speaking Serbian. Because I normally play with the Serbian people now. Uh, as for the coaching, like, Mero, that was Mero Initiative. But I've always wanted to do something like that. And then we had Arab, and we were, like, he can manage us, he can promote it, we can do all the stuff, and then me and Mara can just dash like content out for the people. Um, and yeah, so far it's going good, could be definitely better, but like we're trying to improve. We're obviously like new to the coaching stuff, but yeah, that's about it. And for YouTube, like I don't think I've posted that there that much, but definitely trying to. Yeah. Uh, during tournaments, you do, I, I always yeah, watch yeah, your yeah. videos yeah, post yeah, tournament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I don't do highlights because it's very hard for me to get clips because I just play scrims all day. I don't really play like ranked and other stuff that people do. And uh, I mean, my main my main priority is winning tournaments. So everything else is like extra. Yeah, that's respectful. Um, all right. And let, let's go back a little bit to when like you first started succeeding, because I don't want to say you came out of nowhere when you first started placing, but. You almost came out of nowhere and your first FNCS, which you get like second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so in the first no one freaking does that, especially not anymore. Were you, was there something that clicked beforehand? Like you were playing the game for a while and then you just had this like aha moment where something finally happened or how do you, how do you just jump into this? Because your story, especially nowadays is very rare to where a player goes from, Typically, you see them make grands, do terrible in grands, yeah. make grands the next season, get like 20th, 30th, then start like climbing up there. And you'll start to see them win some cash cups or something beforehand. Um, but you kind of skipped all that and just became a, a beast. How did that happen? So, first of all, like before even Fortnite was a thing, I didn't really have a PC. I was playing at a gaming cafe. And then, like, I managed to save up a little bit of money and then I asked the rest for my parents and I wanted to become like a streamer. So I played like, I streamed like almost every day I played. And then in the OG days, it was like Prackward and I joined Prackward. And when I joined in there, I realized it was like two other Serbs, which was Trulix and Perico. And then like in World Cup days, um, they played together in duos and I was playing with some weeks with Slow, some weeks with Alan. And then me and Trulix were going to play week 10. And he just got his PC. He was playing a laptop before. Um, and we were going to play week 10, but he decided not to snake his teammate. 
And then next season, Tru uh, Trios came out, and I decided to just join them. And we ended up playing good. We made a lot of money, and we could all buy like PCs because cash cards back then were like crazy amounts of money. We got like, I think we got like six or something, and we got two two point two k each. And we literally all just bought like crazy PCs. Well, actually, I lied. Not crazy, but like it was like mediocre. It was better than we had before. And um, then trios came, like the trio season X came, and we we had triple tiebreaker that we didn't call on. Uh, so we were basically should have called that season, but we didn't. And then squads came. I kind of went to play with like Mech the Beast and other players. Uh, and then when it was duos, duos got reannounced. Me and Trulix literally like hopped on beforehand. When it was even trios, we used to play like all the customs duos. Like we used to play duo customs when it was trios because our teammate didn't play it as much, and we used to practice like crazy amounts. So already we were way ahead of everyone in duos, and then we played like fishy customs every single thing that we could have, and qualified for grands. And we played from like the most scuffed spots. So we went from weather station and heats. Got second, and then we had Holly Hedges Uncon. We had a minigun there. We had a heavy sniper there, and like, it was it was pretty easy for us. We choked the last game, so we didn't win, but ended up getting second. And that's that's where Queasy High Ground was born. Um, yeah. Do you start doing the double cones back in that day? Because I remember like you were one of the first few people I've recognized throwing the double cones down if, Holden Height. If it was if it was a sniper meta, yeah, because like if you double cone you can go between the cones and then you don't get sniped. Hmm. Interesting. But if it's not like a if it's not like a beam sniper meta, you can single tarp. And is that you that created that or is that something you took from somebody I, else? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure to be honest. <laughs> I it just kind of went with the flow, you know? Yeah, I feel you. Same with the reverse ram that people talk about other like random stuff that I do. Yeah, so this is just stuff that happens, and then you keep doing it because it works. Not yeah, necessarily yeah, yeah. like, oh, I need to do this next game. Yeah, or like something happens that you see, like, like you single tarp, you get sniped or something, then you're like, how can I prevent this? And you go, I'll double call now or something. Interesting. And did you know at that time that you were going to be as good as you are? Because, you know, first FNCS that you get in grand finals, you get a second place. And then now you're kind of considered, I would consider you one of the top five players of all time and arguably could go higher than that. Um, especially how this year finishes, but have you been, have you realized as you've gone through this, like how much success you've had and how this has come to like this head at the moment where it is now, where you are just, one of the top players and did you believe that this would ever happen back when oh, you yeah. first started oh no 100 i went into this like thinking that i'm gonna be the best but like the only the only regret that i have is like not going to like a different game you know it's like at the end of the day fortnite sometimes just doesn't want to do stuff that like pros tell them to do and then like i know that i can be good at other games as well like um i've always wanted since i watched my dad Cause he played like Quake Live before. Okay. I always used to sit behind him and watch him play because he used to play some tournaments as well. Or like StarCraft or like games like that. Uh, so I was always good at like those uh, MOBA games and then like Quake Live was the FPS game. Um, and then I wanted to play League. Didn't really have a team, didn't really like... I got perma banned a lot. I was very toxic, <laughs> you know? 
And then Fortnite came out, I played good in that. I actually enjoyed it so much at the start because like, it was like, it was one of the games that I could play and not get bored. Like I'd queue up and every game was different. Zone pools there, zone pools there, you know, you can always practice new stuff. When like, if you play league, you just have like, you go top lane, you go top lane, you go top lane, different matchup, but like, it's, it's the same thing kind of. And Fortnite was very fun, but like, it was unique. So that was good, you know? And I always wanted to become a pro in something, so I just like full grinded 24-7 and made it like happen. So how old are you now? You're probably old enough to compete in whatever you want. Yeah, I'm 21. Okay, yeah. So when this game first came out, you couldn't compete in most games because it's in 18 plus for a lot of games. Uh, yeah, I was, I was like, I think when I first started, I was 15, but like almost turning 16. So I played Winter Real, I could have competed there, I full choked that, and then so on. Shared Love was my first decent placement. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, that's interesting. Do you, do you see yourself continuing to play this game? Because from my perspective, I don't see why you would leave, but also I personally like to just do things because I enjoy them and just stop doing the things that I don't enjoy. And it almost sounds like what you just said is the love was there and it's kind of dwindling for Fortnite. Is that what's happening? Um, so like I still, I still actually like, like the game, but then there's a lot of stuff that I don't like as well. Um, I definitely will like retire. I'd say I'd give it like another year and I'm still going like, to commit to it like fully, you know? Okay. Uh, and I want to go out on a high note. I don't want to like, I mean, if, if that happens, if I'm, like, really bad at the end or something, then whatever, I'll end on a bad note. But I definitely want to end on a high note. So whatever is next year, I'll try to, like, pull, like, win every single thing that I can. And then after that, if the game goes even better, then I'll keep playing maybe. Maybe I won't. Like, we'll, we'll see from there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a ways out. And you got way more things to focus on in the meantime um, with with globals coming up. So... Uh, let's talk about globals a little bit because you had a ton of success last year, a ton of success this year, and arguably are, I, I believe you, Seti, and Cami are probably the top two contenders. There's definitely other teams that I think could win the entire thing, but if I had to pick two teams, it would probably be the same two that competed for it last year at Invitationals. Like, What are your expectations going into globals? I mean, we're playing for the win, but uh, I definitely think we're a bit of a disadvantage this year compared to like Steady and Cami just because of POIs and all the other stuff going on around us. Like they have a forecast tower now. Malibuka has a forecast tower. All the good teams are like, like they're, they're kind of set up better than us. And uh, I definitely think like this is our meta though. I definitely think we can win if we play it good. Uh... So far in customs, we are playing good. We're improving a lot, uh, but like three weeks time, we'll see what we can do. I think we can definitely win though. Like, I'm I'm ready to get get like fully primed up. Oh yeah, um, I love I'm that. Fully ready. Um, and how hard is it to practice knowing that the game mode that you're playing is going to have siphon, and the current game that you have to practice in has a lot of nonsense it's not going to be in the game mode that you're actually going to be playing do you 
have you been able to throw that out? Like, is it just like a fuck it? I have to practice this way. Or is that still something that, you know, is, is a problem for you guys? So, I mean, we're practicing, like we always do full realistic. Like we're only taking loadouts that we would in grand, like in a championship. Um, like when other teams are taking like pizzas and other stuff, they're not in game. We're avoiding it as much as we can. We're only playing with the stuff that's actually in game. The lag is like very annoying, but it is what it is. And then, yeah, like we're, we're doing some other stuff that I probably shouldn't say before globals, but like we're, we're just like playing it as mo like as realistic as possible. You can. Fair so enough. Prepared, yeah. I mean, that's really all you can do. Focusing on yeah. all the other nonsense that you can't change is not, not going to help you whatsoever. So respect that. And as far as other teams that you think are going to to be top contenders, who do you think is going to be the most difficult to take down? So if Uncon, definitely Kami Seti. And who, let me think. Hmm. definitely. Actually, I, I I wouldn't say Thaisen because I think they have some personal issues in that duo. Uh oh. But depending on how race track goes, Malibu and Kanata Agers, uh, they do have two forecast towers on each side, and I think they might do like the same thing they did uh, in the in the season Putrick on them okay. when Malibu and Thomas got third. So they might just end up splitting race track and like playing for towers, you know. And then they could do good as well. And then I think Trulix and Chicho are one of the good duos right now. They're like, they play a lot. They know how to play their spot really good. Like what I've seen, a lot of zones post Lappy as well. And if they, they play like they do, like they should be like top three easily. That's your boy, right? You started playing with Trulix a long time ago. Yeah. He, um... He's been a great player that has just flown under the radar for a very long time. He finished, what, second last major as well? And I yeah. feel like nobody ever really considers Trulex or doesn't even really talk about him. He just, like, is that guy that does it he has, season after season. He definitely has a, a certain play style to him. Like, that's different than everyone. And that that's what makes him, like, way better than everyone, to be honest. What is that? If Can you expand on that? Like, other players are, like, first of all, he's got Chicho, which is, like, a 15-year-old fragger, like, best aim, best everything. And then Trulix is, like, a more of a passive player. So like, when they play, when other players would, like, just, like, fight for a cash or something, Trulix would instead, like, just go back behind them and, like, tag them for surge and then rotate ahead. And he's always got, like, like little strats that aren't leaked, you know? Like the Danish people have, now the Balkan court has, you know. There's like a lot of little stuff that only he, he knows and he shares with us. And like, yeah, it's just like crazy. That's cool. Do you think, how important do you think it is finding like a group of people to play with? Because back, I don't know, two years ago, a year ago, everyone was like, oh, this friend group is the best at the game. And it was really important. You don't really hear those conversations anymore. But I do still think that like, a lot of people, like all you guys that work with Blood Axe, seem to be super successful. But one, I think it's the coaching. And then two, I think it's because you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of people that want to be successful and push one another. Is that the case? Do you think 
that because you're constantly around other people, it makes you a better player? Uh, yeah, I mean, 100%. Like, I don't know if you've uh, seen, like, the results this season, but, like, let's say from the Balkan court, I think first evaluation cup, me and Trulix, first and second, Trulix was playing with a fill as well, with Chris, which was another guy that has, like, almost no earnings from the Balkan court. Super underrated player. And then you have Squee, which has qualified for, like, back-to-back grands now. And then Vasquez called also Copenhagen now. All of us are surrounded, like, we play all the time, and then, like, we learn off each other as well. And I think, like, it's super important. I don't think, I don't think all of those players would be where they are now if we didn't have that group of people, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's a group effort, and it's not necessarily, like, I mean, you guys are competing against one another, but at the end of the day, Fortnite is not really, like, a head-to-head matchup, so ultimately as long as you're not landing in the same drop spot you're not necessarily going to be head to head at really any time that you can choose there'll be random times but um there's a lot of room for people to succeed and i think a lot of people forget that even if you don't come first it's pretty successful during tournaments like no one remembers second third place a lot of the time but it's could be a point in elimination you know one 10 second placement piece that separates the winners from everybody else. So it's an interesting piece, and it's cool to hear you guys continue to to push one another to be better. It's very important as well. Like none of them have like egos when it comes to off spawn, which was like one of the things I actually respected helping them. It's like Skvi and other people. Like he would literally land in the most scuffed spot and make it work. Like I think top right, like that little base he was landing in grants. He got like top ten off that base. And like I was always saying, that's what me and Trulix played when we were like very like underrated. We used to land weather station in like Savage Island bottom right, like in the absolute trenches of the map, and just like learn how to play surge from there. And like eventually you learn. And when you become good, then you can go out playing POIs and doing whatever when you don't care as much. But like when you're underrated, you should just take every like final every practice uncon, just practice your surge, your everything you can, and then become better. Now, this is kind of a a different question, but you clearly speak great English. Have you always spoken as well in English as you have in like right now? Bro, um, it's, it's way, for some reason, I don't know why, it's way easier for me to communicate in English as well than it is in Serbian. Just playing the game or in general? In general, even when I'm speaking to people, like I can keep conversations up very easily in English, but like on Serbian, it's a bit harder for me. Cause like when I speak Serbian, also, cause like sometimes I just throw in English words as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just a language like that, but like it normally is, is normal, you know, to throw English words in there, but like I do it overly. Like I do it way, way more than other people do. So you've always felt comfortable speaking Engli- English then? Yeah, yeah, like I've always watched movies and series from a young age, listened to all the music my parents played me. They never like, you know, like in Serbia, like it's different. Everyone listens to like traditional national music, whatever. My parents always wanted to teach me English. So they played me like English music and showed me all the OG movies and everything else, you know, that I need to know. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, Because my next question was, I always find it so interesting because of all the languages that people speak in Europe, most people speak multiple languages, but ultimately I feel like there's gotta be one that's easier 
than the others. Like, say you have a French uh, duo with, you know, an Italian player. They, they probably have to speak English or some kind of, like, combination yeah. of the two languages to come together. And I would imagine, do you speak Serbian or English when you play with Trulex? I speak Serbian. Okay. So I can it, speak Serbian when I play with Hasten as well. Hasten like Hasten's like on the border of Serbia and Slovenia and it's like very similar languages. And then he's grown up listening to Serbian and he can like when he joins the court as well, he speaks Serbian with all of us, you know? And, and like Croatian and Bosnian are same basically, like the same language. Gotcha. There's like dialects or slight yeah, differences. Like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. very slight. Have you ever had problems communicating with different duo mates that like couldn't necessarily speak a common language? No, I've never nah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's probably because you just have that base of English when most yeah. of you guys can speak English. I mean I think I think the, the worst player that like didn't speak English maybe was Putrick when I played with Putrick and Hen or something like that, but like is still could easily calm it's easy to calm in english yeah it makes sense and it's simple enough in game everyone kind of understands yeah, the, the yeah. comms you don't need to have full conversations yeah like with if i was to like play with seti and kami in polish i could e i think i could easily calm with them it's like the comms are very simple it's almost the same as well like what is the same numbers are the same kind of you can calm like the most basic stuff as well Okay. Well, I, I've heard many different streams and Big Pot is still Big Pot and like certain yeah, things yeah, are yeah. still just whatever they are in game. Um, now, as far as like working with your current du duo, Vino, Veno, I don't know. I've heard him say it multiple different ways. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Like, what has it been like working with him? Because he has put himself into a conversation of like, I am the greatest player at the moment and consistently proves that just doing crazy stuff. But at the same time, you're the person putting him in those situations to get there. And a lot of people like to overlook that, but um, what is it? What was it like playing with him and how did you steal him away from Aqua? I mean, um, I think first of all, I think like it's a mutual thing. We both work like equally as hard if we want something and then like before when duos actually came out it was like i played like a cup with veno and i think we got like top two or something and i was actually gonna end up playing with him in the first season um but like i just ended up going with hen because hen just came off winter real he just won it was very good so i ended up going with hen uh won the first one with hen and we second one we didn't prepare good we came 41st day one then make a greatest comeback and come eighth. Uh, Ven obviously won that one. He outclasses that one. And then I was going to end up playing with Jerky. But um, I just literally, when I was like DMing Jerky and arranging all of that, um, I saw Veno tweet like looking for a duo. And I wanted to play with him before. And he just came off a of FNCS win. So like, it was like, Literally, we, I think we literally DM'd each other at like the same time. Yo, are we playing? <laughs> and we just like played. And then like the first season was very poor. Like I think I was like very nervous as well playing with him. Uh, 
I was very, I was making a lot of mistakes and that we ended up com- coming third. And then we, we adjusted to each other like way more. He like played a little bit less aggressive. I played a little bit more aggressive. We came to that perfect middle. And then for Invitational, like we ended up like winning every Elite Cup un- up until then. And then we did what we did in Invitational and so on, so on. So why do you think you were nervous playing with him at first? Was it just a different play style than you were used to? So like he was, he was like Hen is a type of player that will sneak on people. So we'll take fights slowly. Mm-hmm. And Venom is a very person that will just like get in. And I wasn't used to that. So like the first few seasons, I was always like trying to rush after him and trying to be fast when I'm not. So like he had to adjust to slow down a little bit and I had to adjust to like speed up a little bit. And when that came together, like literally just like we dropped like 25 bombs in lead cups and other stuff. It was so good. Yeah, I think I've seen you play the most aggressive that I've ever seen you play over the past year. And it it shows because when you guys are on, you're on. You're like one of those teams that when you're playing well, you're unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which is really cool I, to see. I definitely improved like my max and aim playing with Venom. Like, if I was playing with someone more passive, I would play more passive. I wouldn't improve that much. But, like, when we key and I just have to improve. Like, it's either you improve or you, you lose. Like, it's, is that it? Yeah, and then he gets upset that you weren't helping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I want to go back to how you first started when you started talking about Venno. I heard someone, it was, uh, I think, an Instagram video about, like, how relationships shouldn't be 50-50. It should be someone is carrying the other person, but you're understanding that (laughs) you can't always carry the other loads. So sometimes it'll be like 80-20, and the other person's carrying that extra 30, and then at other times you need to carry that other 20% or whatever it is. So that way it's it's not an even 50-50. There's no way any relationship is typically going to be like, perfectly even but it's finding that balance of like dude i don't have it today you have to carry this okay now i know you don't have this i have to carry it and working with a a teammate that understands that and gets it like all right you're having a bad day i got you has it seems like it's the most successful way to work in like a a relationship in general and then within this game it seems to work well because you know, any teammates, shit happens. Like, just simply yeah, yeah. put, shit happens. Players aren't going to play as well. Um, so I, I I loved how you answered that question as far as, like, we just we work off one another and yeah. we both want to work hard and it works. Yeah, I mean, like, if... It's like it's like you said, like, it never really, like someone's going to do the cooking, someone's going to do the cleaning, someone's going to do, like, all that stuff. It's like... Benno will, will carry me in fights. I'll try to, like, get us into mid-game. Then also we figured out he can take over an end-game. And, like, we, we don't really both have, like, bad days. But, like, we just take off each other, the stuff that we know better than each other. And uh, it just works, I guess. Well, and talk me through how... Because you guys talked about this on the broadcast, about how Benno started... IGLing end games and you would make sure you got to end game and then he would kind of get in the driver's seat and lead. How did that work? Because for you, I would imagine that had to be a little difficult at first because you've been IGLing for so long to like let someone else take over and then learn how to play the opposite role. Was that a quick, you know, going into that or so beforehand? 
like I used to tarp when I played with Trulix and Jerky, but then I used to frag when I also played with Paco and Raxo. And that season that I played with Paco and Raxo, it was like we rarely played high ground. We were a very mid ground to low ground dominated team. And I used to be the guy back tarp, and Paco was the one tarping. So I kind of knew from before, so it wasn't that hard. And the Katana meta also was like easier to follow because we both kind of just sat in a box, you know, and then Katana landed and then he tarped. I can, I can look up for height way more. Um, yeah, it, was, it just worked. I don't know. And then now I just adapt like to him. Whatever he does, I'll just follow him. Yeah, that makes it a worked, ton of so. sense. Especially if you guys are looking for height, like as much as you did uh, in that katana met- meta, because yeah. when you're tarping, it's much harder to pay attention to everything on the layers around you, and also look back at height and try and find frags. But if you're given that freedom to pretty much just stalk the people on height, wait for them to make a misstep, and then you find that moment, is that like exactly how that happened that season? Like, how did you guys? Walk me through that season. You guys won fucking every game in yeah. grands. Like, how does that happen? So, like, it was it was like very very scripted meta because you didn't really need refreshes if you have a good mid game. And then obviously Venos aim with red eyes. We didn't really struggle in in mid game because you just like literally get like one K surge every game. Um, all we had to do in end game was literally just like tarp. And then get the timing when height like either is shoppable or something. We had triple katana charge, so we'll always be the highest team. And if we even get a beam on them, like they'll let it go insta. If we're the highest, we have like we we see their heads, they see our feet, so we just get like an instant advantage if we're landing on them. Um Yeah, just like we didn't need to get refreshes, so we all all we did was literally just box up katana, box up katana, and then look for height when it's free, take it and win the game. Why do you think no one else did that? Um, I don't know. I think I think we just capitalized off everything. There was games where we, like at the timing that we were very high was very good as well. But we still managed to find different ways to take it, like chopping them or just like random stuff that we did. Um, and then I think other people tried to do it, but we just did it better than them because we had a better mid game as well. People were very scuffed in endgame, where we were always 5 at 5 with slurps and everything. And uh, we also had purple katanas, where people had blues, so we'd always be one layer higher because of that as well. And yeah, all of that came together and just won. Yeah, it makes sense. The practice then put into yeah, yeah, to yeah. play. At the time that it matters most, you're able to execute when, when you need to, which was incredible. I don't know that we'll ever see anybody do that again. Um on yeah. NA or EU, maybe another region, but I don't, I don't think yeah. it'll happen. If there's a similar meta, I think, like something that we can replicate that with, I think we could do it again, but like in a rocket meta, for an example, it's very hard to do it. Yeah, the destructive movement is impossible at times yeah. to be consistent because there's things you can minimize risk, you can't remove risk from certain plays, which makes it tough tough to figure out. Um, now, as far as your preparation, you guys have been working with Blood X for how long? Uh, since major one, I think. Okay. So this entire year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe it was after major one. I think it was after major one, the season we won. Okay. 
Yeah. How much do would you attribute his help to to your success? I mean, for major two, I definitely contribute a lot. Like he literally perfected our game plan and everything. Uh, for the season we didn't make grants, we kind of lacked. We all three of us, I'd say, all together didn't play, didn't practice, didn't bother, we didn't do all that stuff. And then with the crashes and the hacker dying and all that stuff, we just didn't qual. Uh, but now I think we're we're on the track again. So we'll see in championship, I guess. Sometimes you just need a slap in the face, and maybe that that failure yeah. in major three was good for all you guys going into globals because yeah. you realized it's not going to be as easy as it was last season, every season and gives you a little bit of that, that hunger. Um, yeah. Do you feel like was... you had like a hangover after winning not like a, an actual hangover, but kind of mm. like a, in football, they, they say the team that won the Super Bowl last year is the Super Bowl hangover and typically don't perform as well after they yeah. just won. I mean, I think I think I still wanted to win the next season. I think, like, I was I was still trying to win, but it just didn't work. Cause like, pistols came out, a lot of shit, like stuff changed that we couldn't really work around, and we had like uh, we weren't like really connecting that well as we did before in that season. Uh, yeah, all of that came together, and we just didn't end up playing well. But I think I think. If me and Venom made that grants, I think we would have won that grants as well. Like rewatching that grants, nobody knew, nobody knew what they were doing. Like everyone <laughs> was horrible in that grants. Yeah, it was an interesting one. What do you think about the uh, the Mission Tini strat? You ever think a team would be able to pull that one out? Uh, I mean, I kind of knew it was happening before it did, uh, and it, it works now because it caches. Uh, like. Now they reduce uh, slurp rates as well. It might work a little bit worse this season. And I definitely think like it was a good strat. Uh, but like again, it's only if you get the cash. If you don't really get the cash, it only works because it's Misha and Tini because they literally just carry SMGs and they're getting in a box. If it was anyone else, I don't think they would have done that well. Yeah, I don't know that anyone can win fights as consistently as they did in that grants. Like, yeah. most of the time, if you're taking a fight, best case scenario, it's like a 60-40, 70-30. And they seem to win every single mid-game fight, which is absurd, unless they just it's had terrible loot. It's literally confidence in grants. If you're confident in grants, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Like, they could literally smack on a team that's 5-5, five, 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 four slurps, everything, and they could have a single SMG if they get in and the other team shaking, like it's just over for them. <laughs> hey, it worked. I'm interested to see if they yeah. pull that out um, at globals. It, I feel like it's going to be a lot harder because not everyone's going to put stuff on film that you can really watch and find out. But at the same time, there's definitely going to be teams that they could take advantage of if they want to. Yeah. Um, better not be us. <laughs> hey, you better we'll, hope not. We'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a that's a difficult one because uh, do you guys do as big of a split? You're still landing Kenjutsu, right? Yeah. You guys, when it was the Katana meta, you had massive splits where you guys would be pretty much the entire bottom right corner. Are you still doing yeah. that? Um. So with Rockets, it's kind of back to the same old, same old as Katanas. The season before, we kind of like gave up the bottom left corner because we couldn't really reach for it. Now we're like trying to give it up a little bit as well. 
But like, we could be as split because of rockets and uh, other stuff. But like, like, we definitely try to not be as split as Katana season. But like, that's just a play style, you know? Sometimes yeah. you just have to be. Yeah, no, and it makes sense. Like, if you could easily just go 150 meters and pretty much not get hit, it's yeah. fairly easy to just grab as much loot as possible. Is there anyone at Globals that you think will surprise you or anyone from other regions that you're kind of looking out for? I mean, there's always a chance to get surprise conned. Um, it was it was Firehunter because he was landing there in Cash Cups. We were prepping like off spawns for Globals, but he's ended up not going, so might get landed on by a solo. We also have a Middle East team in Heat 2 uh, landing there. They, they Apparently, they won't go there in finals, but who knows? Again, be prepared. And then Robot and Axe Force as well. I don't think they're going to land on us, but just in case. like All those teams can land on us. Even someone random can land on us. We just need to... It's six games, so like... We're, we're already, we've been landing there for like a couple of seasons now. So we know like that's the best spot that we know how to fight at. And uh, if, if with the points, I think it's four points per kill as well in finals. If we, if we play our off spawns good, even if we're conned, Jinjutsu is a very hard spot to clean up or third party. So we can always take our time, you know, play it how we play it and just like come out on top. You sure? Booga seemed to do it pretty regularly in uh, NAF and CS. Did he? Yeah. How is he gonna... Like, he can't... Unless the other team goes on the left side, right? So what he they can't would do... do much. There would be two teams fighting Kenjutsu. They would loot kind of enough and then go wait for the fight to find a weak point. Either clean up the one one team or clean up both teams and then just retreat and then loot and storm uh, as mm. they left. So w watch out for that. that, that might I mean, Booga's not landing there as well, so... Oh, he's not going to his normal spot? Yeah, he's going sanguine, top right. Ah, okay. That's probably better anyway. I don't I don't think we're worried about NA and OC teams around us. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there another team from another region that is in EU that you think could, could win it all? Uh, I don't think, but like... Like, Sent is playing second heat. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Maybe Aegis and Kanata, I guess. But they, if they end up being conned, and even if they like die one or two games, I don't think they have a chance of winning. And then Buga, also top right, he has like a small chance, but that's about it. No acorn cold? Conned by Pink, and I think Pink, Pink's been preparing very well for them, so. Yeah, I think being conned is going to be a very difficult ask in six games because you go yeah. down once or twice, it's almost impossible to win the entire yeah, game. Yeah, and if snipers stay, like one game headshot snipe, I kind of think your 30 is, like, or chances of winning kind of dropping by a lot. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I do want to ask you about Invitational last year because you guys pulled off, like, the boldest move that I've ever seen. And although it didn't work, I respect the hell out of it. I think it was yeah. a really cool thing to see because a lot of times people just go and play the game and kind of like cross their fingers and hope the other team doesn't win. 
but you guys took it into your hands. So you explain that as to like, you guys kind of just looked at one another. You're like, all right, should we do it? Depends on the bus. Yeah. Good boss. Fuck it. We'll do it. Um, yeah. Was there any more so, to it than that? So I, I wish like, you see, this is why I say Fortnite is not as a, like a good game as other, other games. Cause they would make a crazy story out of it. Cause I'm pretty sure they had our voice recordings as well from the invitational. And like, it was basically, we were, we were slacking in day two. It was all South zones. Tammy and said he had like the craziest strat where they could just sit there with white heels every game and then fly in when it's full laggy. And we couldn't do anything against it because <laughs> they were the ones with the balloon and we didn't like, we were running across the map. And then we're like, I were behind unless they die, which they won't because they have the most broken strat in the game. Uh, we have to land on them. And I'm, I was like, say, a third place needs like 15 kill win to catch up to us if without spawn. I was like, yeah, Acorn and Cold are not doing that. Or Sentinel and Cold aren't doing that. And then, um, like, I was like, we should just land on them. Like, fuck it. Like, they're not good at spawn. And uh, I was thinking of it. And then he was like, all right, if you're down, I'm down. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. And then we landed, we outdropped him, we got fucking hyper excited, we were nervous, like, and yeah. ended up losing. It almost worked, though. Like, you guys were one shot away from yeah, winning yeah, that nah. fight. If the adrenaline didn't kick in there, like, we're winning that 100%. Well, it probably went both ways. I'm sure they're like, what the hell is going on? Freaking out. Uh, yeah, have you guys talked about it? They didn't know. Yeah, I mean, apparently they didn't know it was us. They thought it was a random team griefing them. <laughs> so, and like, I've also talked to Seti, and like, he said if we kill them there, he would hate me for life, like, fully. <laughs> and I was like, bro, it's like, it's just, he was like, I don't care. Like, I'd still, like, I wouldn't, I would block you on everything. I wouldn't talk to you ever again. <laughs> I was like, all right, fair enough, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. what do you want me to do? Maybe it's for the best that you didn't do it. Though. Yeah. Um, but now say it comes down to it again, game six, global championship, you guys pulling the same move? Um, just how the spot is, I don't think if it was a frenzy spot, I don't think we'd do it. No, just so because, say like, like not even just Cammy oh, Seti, like anybody oh, say it's like, oh yeah, if it's a, team. if it's a good spot that we know, like let's say North Slappy, we've landed there before we're against Tayson or something, hundred percent. But like if 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 we're confident we can win the off spawn and we're far away from third, I think we'll do it again, yeah. I respect that. There's very few people that I believe would actually make that move. So respect to you guys for doing it. It's one of the most I mean, iconic moments in Fortnite history now. Um yeah. and you you guys may be on the wrong side of it, but in my opinion it's it's the better I mean, the better like side said, to make that decision. People than... people like if if we end up playing the game and we came second, people wouldn't give a fuck about us, but yeah. It's still talked about cuz we got second, you know. Yeah. And did it in amazing <laughs> fashion. You guys played yeah. so well um on day 1, so now you don't have to worry about it day 2. Going yeah, into yeah, the globals. Yeah. We, I've always like every almost major that I've won day 1 and then Grand Real as well. First day one, double points day two, and then end up coming third. Do you like the the format for globals? I'm I'm kind of torn on it. 
Uh, I'm not actually sure what the format is. Is it uh, the same as... Uh, <laughs> no way you don't know. Okay, so... <laughs> All the teams that qualified through the uh, oh, like the, the top majors. twenty-five. I know yeah. that. I know that. Yeah, I think I think we should call it top twenty-five. Okay, I and, think. I hope so. And then, how do you feel about like a single six-day? I like it. I like it. I like okay. it. I don't have to sleep on like. Uh, it's either I'm doing shit, I'm going out, and I'm getting like, like it's just done for me, or I'm winning and I'm having the best day of my life. There's no sleeping to it, you know. Yeah. Do you make a lot of adjustments like on a, a night after day one? How much time do you guys typically spend figuring things out? Well, I try to like, you mean like a two day format? Like a yeah, two day so major? like the majors, like after day uh, one, how yeah. much time do you spend figuring out so, what happened? So I think like o- almost always I try to go to sleep like as fast as I can. And then day two before the games, I do like all the body because it, it'll get stuck in my head, you know? Okay. I don't try to like as soon as day one's done, I might like rewatch Boop or something, just get my like hype up, you know, like, oh my god, that's crazy. I did that, blah blah blah. And boom, go to bed. And then day two I'll prep, I'll have like a good breakfast or something and blah 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 and get an energy drink and that's it. Okay. And as far as like post globals, because there's typically nothing that happens after the the big LAN event. And after FNCS ends, normally we're we're sitting around till February, March of next year. Do you have any plans to to do anything? Like what? I, I know I'm asking you after a big event that you're probably focusing on, but you have thoughts yeah. to you know take a break, go on vacation, chill, do oh, some uh, merch. I already I already tweeted. I'm I'm craving to go skiing again. I haven't been skiing for like two years now, so. And I, before that, I've literally went, like, since I was, like, four or five, I went every single year skiing. So I definitely want to go skiing if if there's anything in season in EU. And if not, I might I might go to Korea, to uh, Worlds, to watch that in November. Oh, that'd be sick. But, yeah. So some something like that, maybe. We'll see. Okay, treat yourself. I like it. Hopefully it's, yeah. like, a celebration. You know, like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to Disney yeah, yeah, World yeah, yeah. after winning. Uh, yeah, that'll be cool. Uh, I I hope you guys do well. You two are easy to root for. I, I think um, sometimes you like not like to, but like you're easy to make yourself out to be a villain. Especially uh, Veno likes to kind of play that villain role, which some people don't like, but I feel like is so necessary in the game yeah. to have that you know, antagonist that is just like fuck it i'm so good you guys deal deal with it yeah and stop me so i I like to root for you guys granted i like to root for a lot of people it's not a thing where i'm like "Ah, i hate this team there's very few if any teams that i'm like i don't want them to win but uh definitely you guys are one of the best i think it'd also be a sick storyline um that would cement you as arguably one of the best players of all time and yeah. I think that it would be such a, a cool thing to to see. Now we have three people in that discussion, um, and I think you deserve it. I think the success—if you had just won a major and didn't come second—I think the whole conversation would be different. Um, and I, I don't say this to put pressure on you. I say it to like, yeah, yeah. you're really fucking good at this game, bro. And I, I appreciate how good you are, and I hope you realize that. Yeah, I'll try my best. Uh, 
No promises, but... Do you realize how good you are at this game? Oh, I do, 100%. Yeah, I do. Um, but, like, I don't I don't like... I, I just try to keep it low-key. I've always been a type that, like, prefers being an underdog. It's like, when someone tells me I'm not going to place, it kind of fuels me rather than people putting me first. It doesn't, it doesn't put pressure on me. I just like having that, like, oh, I'll come out of nowhere and I'll just show everyone that I'm better than them, you know? Okay, never mind. Actually, you guys are going to do terrible. Yeah. I don't expect you to do do that well. Um, but that's, that's cool to hear. And, you know, enjoy it while while you have it. I know you guys, you seem to be one of the, the players that have really seemed to enjoy the ex- experience. So l- yeah. let's uh, wrap this up with kind of how would you describe the whole, like, past three years of your life from being kind of just a kid playing video games now to be in way way more than that where you're you're a great player you've created a whole online brand and have become like more than just a Fortnite player i mean first of all it's been like everyone that i've met uh it's been crazy then traveling the playing the LAN events everything was just like it's it's like the best years of my life i mean i'm having i'm very young still so it's not like anything crazy maybe future even has better stuff but it's been it's been pretty fun uh the money that i make as well crazy at a age that i have i bought my apartment recently Congrats. and yeah like it's just nice it feels it feels right like it feels like i'm i'm doing i'm, I'm good in something so that is uh that is what fuels me like if I'm the best in whatever it is, like if I'm the best in something, that is like sick to me. Yeah, keep going. I mean, you got no reason to stop until you, you find another passion that that drives you elsewise. Um, yeah. And younger kids that that are trying to play Fortnite pretty much always ask, like, "What should I do in order to get better? Like, what advice would you provide to a kid trying to become?" A pro Fortnite player in order to help them like i've always said like if you really like want something and you like, you want it badly like you you're gonna put like all your time and effort into getting it and if you're like if you see like another pro and you're like oh, i want to be like a pro like him but i don't like the game like it, realistically it's not it's not for you like maybe you should search something else it's like you need to be able to enjoy the game to enjoy the hard work, to enjoy like all of that stuff, and then like, it's like it's like uh, what what's it like that quote like, a person that likes the journey, uh, will like or like uh, fuck, <laughs> it's like it's like I don't the know destination. No, no, it's like it's like the person that likes the journey will appreciate the whole th- like thing and until the destination, and the person that likes the destination, you know. And not the journey. Like you need to appreciate the the whole thing. Like the day one grind, you're like OG, like teammates, everything else. You just need to like learn off them and do everything else off them. Yeah. Enjoy the enjoy the ride is pretty much what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um that's cool. And where where does Queasy come from? how did that name get uh, started? So <laughs> uh is it like it was like uh a random generator basically right and then it was something similar to queasy 
but I ended up like reversing the letters and I came up with queasy and I Googled it and I realized it means like nauseous or sick. Yeah. I was like, I'm sick of the video game, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And then boom, I just put queasy. Okay. And it looks good. So like, it was like a two in one, you know? Yeah. It's a a good name. I mean, I would not have expected it to be as simple as that. I was hoping there was some like Serbian word that queasy meant and you're like, yeah, that's why I did it. But okay um i appreciate you joining me man um thank you for coming thank you all for listening queasy where can people find you i doubt they'll need to figure that out but twitter queasy fn and queasy on youtube and queasy fn on twitch or queasy on twitch and your Fortnite course if i want to sign up to oh, learn yeah. from the For- great minds of queasy and miro and arrow how do i figure that yeah. out uh join fortcoaching.gg all right, awesome. If you guys liked what you heard over the past hour or so, this man and another great Fortnite player from North America will be teaching you alongside Arab, who is a mastermind in himself. So go check that out. Definitely great value in that. Um, thank you all for listening. Go ahead, leave a comment, re- reply, review if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple. Helps podcast a lot. And uh, thank you for joining me, man. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. See you guys next time. Peace.